Romans chapter 8, I'm glad that you're here tonight. We're going to be talking about, tonight we're in a four-week series, this is the second week. Tonight it's entitled, The Four Points of the Cross, and tonight we're going to be looking at grace. Grace. Now, two weeks ago we looked at the four points of the cross and we looked at forgiveness, and tonight I want to tell you what the difference is between forgiveness and grace, and then I want to talk to you about how God wants his grace loosed in every area of your life, in every area of your marriage, in every single area of your being. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 17, and as you're turning there, uh, there was a young boy named Johnny, and Johnny went to a Christian school. How many of you went to Christian schools before? Just raise your hands. Not very many people. Okay. Well, Christian schools are pretty strict. Uh, and, and our culture today, uh, you, you know, public schools, they used to be able to spank kids. You spank a kid in the public school, you're going to jail. <laughs> and so, but this was a private Christian school. And little Johnny, have you ever just, have you ever just seen little kids? They're just ornery. <laughs> you know, they just got a look in their eye. They're just ornery. Well, they had this big, long table of food. And at the beginning of the table, there was a sign that said, it was right by the big bowl of apples, and it said this, God is watching, you can only have one apple. Well, Johnny went through the line, and then at the end, there was a sign that Johnny wrote, and he turned the sign in some down, and it was by the plate of cookies. And it said, go ahead, take all the apples, you, or go ahead, take all the brownies you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> Well, tonight I want to speak to you about grace. Now, before I do that, I've got one last preliminary. Uh, my wife and I have been at Crown Point Church. Uh, it'll be six years this September that we'll be going on our seventh year at Crown Point. But before we were here, we were at my home church for six years where we were youth pastors and we had a very large youth ministry, great time there. Well, they're kind of like a second pair of grandparents from my home church at Tiffany Fellowship they remember me when I had a full head of hair. They're here tonight, and they haven't been married very long. They've only been married for 69 years. Would you please help me welcome Mel and Alice Simpson? Would you guys stand on up? <laughs> Woo! 69 years. I can remember... When I was a little kid, and they would come over and pray for me at the church. Sure love you guys. Thanks for being here tonight. And my good-looking mom's here tonight, but you've seen her a lot, so I don't want to embarrass her anymore. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 tonight, and let's look at verses 12 to 17, and here's what the Word says. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. 
Right there in your notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14 and 15. Because of his surpassing grace, God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 2 says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Friends, I want to speak to you about what the Bible calls an indescribable gift. It's so big, so large, so good, it is called grace. And it's free to everyone. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you for your word tonight. God, I just thank you that, Lord, your word gives us power. Your word gives us strength. And it's in the name of Jesus, I pray that every person here would receive your grace for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's look at the very beginning of your notes. Um, Let's look at the very beginning of your notes there. And I want to tell you what the difference is between forgiveness, which is what we talked about two weeks ago, and grace. Here's what it is right in your notes. Grace and forgiveness, they are not the same. Forgiveness means you are convicted of being guilty, but you are set free from punishment. That's what forgiveness means. You've done something wrong, you were guilty, and somebody let you go. But here's what grace is. Grace means you were guilty, but not only are you free from punishment, you are declared innocent. Now, did you get the difference there? God forgives us, and so that means he takes every sin, everything that's in our closet, everything we don't want anybody to know about, if we bring it again, boom, he wipes that and forgives us. But here's what makes his grace so incredible. He not only says you're forgiven, he not only says get out of jail free, but then he says you are pure and innocent. Could I borrow an amen? Oh, man. You must not have sinned like I have. I've made some stupid mistakes. Well, let me talk to you about God's grace. Let me give you five points tonight. Let's look at the very first one, the letter G, God's. Look at verse 15 in your Bible. It says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I'll be in this section the whole night. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, let me just stop right here. The greatest title you can ever get is not doctor. It is not lawyer. It is not superintendent. It is not president. The greatest title, I mean the greatest title we get, son or daughter of God. Look at verse 15. We are declared sons of God. Oh man, that's powerful. Now I just want to give you, let me tell you why talking about grace is so important. Have you ever met somebody who's judgmental? Have you ever met somebody that's cranky? Don't hit the person next to you. Have you ever met somebody that they just whine all the time? People that are whiny, cranky, grumpy. You know what? They really haven't received God's grace. If you see people in marriage, sometimes the reason they're struggling is one or both spouses. They haven't received God's grace. You know, I know that my wife probably knows more about grace than anybody here because she is so grace-giving to me. I've done so many stupid things, and she just pours out grace. Well, let's look at this very first one, God's 
Number one, if you receive Jesus, God is your daddy. And here's why I put that word daddy in there. Not to be cute, but I wanna have a tone of intimacy. God wants to be your intimate father. God doesn't want for you to perceive him as some great creature way far off. Man, God is here tonight. If you'll let him be present, he'll be present in your home. He'll be present in your marriage. He'll be present in all your relationships. He'll go with you to work. God is a loving father. But so many Christians, they don't want intimacy with God. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good tonight. So many Christians, they want to put God here, and then they want to have their own life here, and they want to have their own dreams here, and they want to tell God what to do like he's a supernatural Santa Claus. Friends, I want to tell you something. I don't know how you grew up, but in my family, I did not tell my dad what to do. I could tell him what to do, but then I would receive the belt to the seat of knowledge, if you know what I'm talking about. I could instruct him with everything I wanted him to do, but it would be a bad time for me. And friends, can I tell you, God wants to be your loving father. Man, he wants to overwhelm you with his love. If you don't have this scripture memorized, you gotta get it. It's 1 John 3, 1. And it says this, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. People who are cranky, they have not received the lavish love of God. People that are grumpy, they have not received the lavish love of God. This man here has received the grace of God. Big overload on Freddie. I mean, I tell you. You know what I love about Freddie? Every time you get around him, he's here to have fun. Can I tell you, there's too many bad things in life for us not to have fun. Let's look at the second point here. So we're looking at God's number two. If you receive Jesus, God wants to overwhelm you with his unconditional love. Okay, so what is grace? Number one, it's God's. Let's look at the letter R. Many of you already know that I'm gonna say here. Riches. Look at verse number 12. It's right here in Romans chapter eight, verse 17, I mean. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Look at your neighbor, just look at him and say, my dad's loaded. Just say it to him. Woo! My dad's loaded. Man, I'm telling you something. You know, God wants you to receive it. He's loaded. He's, he, he's the owner of a cattle of a thousand hills, and you're his heir. Okay, let me just put it practically here. I love Ron. I love Ron. I love him. He's a good brother. I mean, how long you been out of jail, brother? We're glad that you're back. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay, so, okay. Now, Ron, he's a good guy and loves the Lord, and God used him in our worship team. He's a great brother. Well, Kelly's dad, and he's not my dad. It's Kelly's dad. Ron, um, Kelly's dad, in our first house, he came. He flew all the way up from Florida and he finished our basement totally free. And he paid for a lot of the supplies. In our second house, Kelly's dad flew all the way up from Florida two or three times. Now, he was helped big time, big time, by Charlie and Keith Ferguson, big time. But he came up there, and we had a large basement in our old house. He finished it all for free and paid for a bunch of supplies, paid for our meals, paid for his plane tickets. 
Okay, the third house we bought with the basement finished, okay? But, but he didn't charge me anything because I'm a son. And the reality is I'm not even his blood son, I'm his son through Kelly. And that's a picture of how we are with God. We're his son through Jesus Christ. So when I called Kelly's dad and said, Dad, would you come up here and finish this basement? Let's do it, baby. Boom, he's here. Ron, if Ron somehow hacked my Google email account and found Kelly's dad's number and said, hey, Steve, would you come up here and finish my basement? He would call you crazy. For $50,000, he'll come up and do it. Well, well, why? He provided something for us that took a lot of time. It cost him a lot, and it was a lot of work. Because I've been declared a son. Was I born into his family? No. But he has declared me a son. And none of us were born Christians. But here's the good news. God has declared you a son or a daughter. And I tell you, his benefits are a lot more than a finished basement. Let me give you a couple thoughts here. Number one. God wants to give you his power. I'm telling you, so many, pe- so many Christians are struggling because they're not using God's power, they're using their power. And you know what God wants to do? He wants you to use his power. Let me give you a scripture on that. Ephesians 1.19 says, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power at work within us. Did you hear that? The power that raised a dead Christ from the grave is the power at work within us. Let's look at the second point here. Very simply, God wants to give you his inheritance. But I want you to understand this. The inheritance can't be yours until you receive it. Do you know We got a letter in the mail, you probably got these, from the state attorney general of the state of Missouri or the state treasurer. There's millions of dollars unclaimed by Missourians. Now, can I just tell you something? They're crazy. (laughs) I mean, I didn't think we had anybody that died in the state of Missouri, but you better believe I checked. You know what I'm saying? I just wanna make sure. There's millions of dollars unclaimed, and I want you to receive this. There's a lot of Christians that have not claimed the power of God for their life. They've not claimed the power of God for their finances. They've not declared or claimed the power of God for their relationships, for their career, for their workplace. God wants to give you his inheritance, but you've got to claim it. You've got to receive it. Let's look at the third point tonight. So the first one is God's riches. Look at verse 17. Oh, man, Whew. I love this. That we may share, everybody say share. share. Everybody say sunny. Okay, I just wanted to see if we got, okay. Okay, verse 17, that we may share in his glory. God's riches at. You see, that word at, we're talking about a place. Where are we gonna meet at? God wants us to live in his glory. God wants us to live in his glory. And let me give you a couple thoughts on that very, very briefly here. First of all, 
There is only one way to have eternal life. I want you to write this scripture down. It's really important in our, in our culture. It's Acts 4.12. And here's what Acts 4.12 says. It says, there is no name under heaven by which men must be saved but the name of Jesus. I want you to write one more scripture. You don't gotta write, just write Acts 4.12 then write John 14.1. Jesus said unto them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. The only way to have eternal life, it's through Jesus. It's that place. It's that door. It's the Savior. We get God's riches at. Let's look at the second one. There is no religion that can save us, only Jesus. And and, and if you're taking notes, you might have heard me say this before. Jesus hates religion. He did not come to start a religion. He came to start a movement of bringing people to the Father and having an intimate, loving relationship and giving them eternal life and blessings and peace and prosperity on this earth till they have eternal life. Listen, if somebody calls you religious, that's not a compliment, that's a put down. We need a vibrant relationship. Powerful. Okay, let's look at the fourth one here. So what is grace? It's God's riches at Christ's. Look with me at verse 13. Oh, I love this. Here's what the word says. I love these three words. These three words might not mean a lot to you, but one day, every person here, should Jesus tarry, we're gonna be in a casket at the front of a church, and this body or this tent is gonna be laid out dead. And here's these three words that God gives us a promise. Look at verse 13. You will live. You will live. We are only able to live because of the cross of Christ. If we take the Christ out of Christianity, there's no power, no grace, no forgiveness, no mercy. It is the cross of Jesus Christ that sets men free, that forgives men's sins, that gives us hope when we come to the worst part of this life, the end. But you know, for the person who's received Jesus, it's just the beginning. Man, I've been with people who've served the Lord and they were, this is gonna sound crazy, they were excited to die. I've come in the hospital with saints of God, and man, they were ready to go. I was coming there to pray for God to heal them, and they were saying, no, 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 no. Pray for me to go home. I know about you, but that's the type of grace I want. But you know what? A lot of people don't have that type of grace. So let's look at a couple thoughts here. First of all, Christ is the only one He is the only one who can heal us. You know, when somebody comes to me for counseling, I'm not a licensed professional counselor, although I've had some counseling. My goal is to point them to Jesus. When somebody comes to me and they need wisdom, my goal is to point them to Jesus. When somebody comes to me and they're overwhelmed in this life, my goal is to point them to Jesus because he is the one that heals us. Can I tell you, I've seen some Christians do this. Some Christians, they turn to Christian men or women for their answers. Now, anytime you wanna talk, me or Pastor Newby or any one of our great pastors will meet with you. But, but your hope's not found in Pastor Newby. 
I wasn't the one on the cross. There are sometimes Christians get in the habit of just going to person after person instead of spending time with God alone and saying, God, what do you want? Do you know what? I cannot wait till I get over 70. I can't wait. Man, when I get over 70, you think I preach strong now. I don't know what it is, is once pastors retire, they can just say ridiculous things. I mean, man, they can just come out and just say whatever they want, accuse people. I mean, yeah, they can just do all this type of stuff because, you know, sometimes we got to kind of mellow things out because we don't want to overly offend people. There's this pastor in Houston, Texas, and when people would come to him for counseling, he would tell them, he would tell his secretary, he was... Uh, he wasn't a young chicken. And, and he would tell his secretary, you tell, do not set up any counseling appointments till people have fasted and prayed for three days. If they fasted and prayed for three days and they still have a problem, then they can set up an appointment with me. Woo! I can't wait to get old, man. I'm gonna do stuff like that. Okay, so let's look at this here. Christ is the only perfect man. Ladies, can I have an Amen. Man, ladies, he, okay, it's too late. You've missed the moment, ladies. We're not taking any belated amens. You had your chance, you missed it. We got a lot better husbands here, I guess, than I expected. But he's the only perfect man. Oh yeah, let's look at number five here. Last one tonight is Pastor Ferdy and the worship team come to play softly. Number five. So here's what grace is. God's riches at Christ's expense. I want everyone, once you wrote that down, to look up here. Grace. God's grace is free to us, but it cost God something to give it to us for free. God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and unconditional love, they are free to you. There's nothing you can do that will make God stop loving you. There's nothing you can do that will make him turn his back on you. He's not mad at you. But it cost him a great price, his son. We receive grace, one more time, God's riches at Christ's expense. Let's look at what the word says there in verse 17. It says, if indeed we share in his sufferings. Whose sufferings is that? Jesus. Let me give you two points right below that. Jesus paid for every sin and mistake so you don't have to pay. Jesus paid for every sin and every mistake so you don't have to pay. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God never intended for Christians to feel guilt. That is not a godly emotion. God's will is not for you to be in guilt. What God's will is, is when we sin and make a mistake, we go to him, we ask him to forgive us, and we turn away from it. If you're here tonight and you're feeling guilty over something you've done or something you've said or something you, somebody saw you do when nobody saw it, listen, God doesn't want you feeling guilty. He does not. The second point there is that Jesus suffered so we don't need to live with guilt, anxiety, or low self-esteem. 
you know, I've seen people. That, that are children of God, but they believe the devil's lie. You know what I had somebody tell me? Somebody sent me an email and they were struggling in their relationship and they said, this is what they said in their email. They said, but Barry, I know that I'm no catch. And what they meant by that was that they weren't worthy or that they weren't good enough or that they weren't acceptable. And when I read that on my computer, that got me so mad at the devil because this young child of God believed the devil's lie that she wasn't worth anything and that she wasn't a catch to her husband. Man, I'm telling you, smoke was coming off my fingertips in response to that email. That is not the truth. You know what? You, no Christian should have low self-esteem. And here's why. We are worth so much. We're so much of a catch that God gave his son Jesus to die for us, to be crucified for us. And so Jesus suffered so you don't have to have guilt, low self-esteem or anxiety. Let me give you three things here tonight as we close, not even eight o'clock. And here's how I have it at the bottom of my message. So how do I live this message out? How do I live this message out about grace? Number one, here it is. Ask yourself if you have received the grace of God in every area of your life. Ask yourself that. You know what? There are Christians that are saved, and they've been saved for 10, 20 years, but there's certain areas they've not received the grace of God. You've heard me say this before. The, the immature Christians are, are the ones who are judgmental. The most mature, godly Christians, they don't judge people. They leave that to God. But, but it's those immature ones they haven't received God's grace yet. Can I tell you, when you receive God's unconditional grace, you don't have to judge people. When you've received his love, and when you know you've sinned and he's forgiven you, you, you don't worry about other people's sins. And, and, and tonight, I just wanna ask you, have you received God's grace? I, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If you're here and you're, you're feeling guilty, you have not received God's grace. If you're here tonight and you've got low self-esteem, you have not received God's grace. You can be saved, but, but you've not fully embraced his grace. Are you here tonight and, and you just feel worthless? Listen to me, friends. Let God's grace come into your life. Number two. Oh, this is big. Receive God's grace and push out every negative and hurtful pain in your life. Do you hear what I said? You something got push it out. When you turn to God, it's just not like all of a sudden things become rosy. No, but you get God's power and you can push out those negative things. You can push out those negative, complaining, argumentative forces. Push them out. Here's what Colossians 3.2, amen, sister. Here's what Colossians 3.2 says. If you want to write down Colossians 3.2, it says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. That's how we push those things out. Somebody's negative to us at work. Somebody belittles us at work. Oh, that's okay. Colossians 3, I'm gonna set my mind on things above. Just let it go. Oh man, you went to a family reunion and somebody put you down. Hey, don't fight that fight. Woo! Put the, your mind on things above. Let that go. Your spouse says or does something and they weren't thinking. I've been there. And, and you know what? Don't bring that up to your spouse. Just push that out. 
Give them the benefit of the doubt. Set your mind on things above. So here's the third thing. How do we live this out? How do we live this out? How do we take this message, go out of those doors and live it out in our daily life? Let me give you the third one as we close. Number three, meet with God daily. I mean, meet with him. You know, I can't tell you how many days have started off bad and then I start praying to God and open up the word of God and begin to read it in my morning quiet time and all of a sudden things begin to turn around. They begin to turn around. And I just wanna say this as we close. Pastor Newby can't meet with God for you. I can't meet with God for you. I can receive God's grace for me, but I can't receive it for you. I love my wife, Kelly. I would die for her right now, but I can't receive God's grace for her. Only she can. And only you can receive God's grace for you. Tonight, we've looked at the fourth point of the cross, God's grace. I wanna encourage you to be here this Sunday. Uh, Pastor Newby is on vacation. We wanna ask God to bless him. I really feel like God's given me a good word for this Sunday. But tonight, we wanna look at God's grace. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for your grace to us.